Welcome to the Morning Grind. Dean here. That's Dean704 if you want to get all technical on me. I'm still filling in for one Stevie TPFL. He'll be back soon enough. Uh, I'll be here Monday through Friday. Of course, right now in the era of not a lot of sports going down, um, I was like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about on the podcast? And my thought process was, hey, let's have uh, some DFS origin stories. I don't want to talk League of Legends five days a week. That's just me. Uh, there's content on Rotor Grinders if you guys want to learn about it, LOL. It's good times to have at it. Enjoy yourself. But I'm not your guy for it. But uh, thought process was, is, hey, let's do some DFS origin stories. And you know what? This is the litmus test. This is the very first one out the gate. And uh, I figure uh, first one out the gate, let's have one of the OGs, one of the original uh, DFS players from, I don't know, nine, ten years ago. We'll ask him. Let's bring in Head Chopper. First of all, Head Chopper, welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, jumping on here with me. I appreciate it. Secondly, how flattered are you, Chop? I chose you. You're, you're my number one draft pick. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> You've always had this, this, this infatuation thing with me, but I get it. I get it, Dean. You're not going to be like a, you're not going to go all call me brown on me. I hope, right? This is not going to, this is going to be a bust. I'm not going to regret this in five minutes. I mean, you can only compare it to other, other interviews that you're going to do down the road. So we'll never know until we get some more data points, but uh, <laughs> I can't be any worse than some of these guys that are going to come on here. I just can't be. There's just no way. Look at you busting out the analytics, man, with data points. <laughs> you like that stuff, don't you? You gotta be, you gotta be flexible. So, yeah, Chop, I was thinking, like, you know, people see us around and they see us at Rotor Grinders and they see you on Twitter and all over the place and they wonder, where did Chop come from? Well, how did he get involved in the daily fantasy world? I want to kind of get into that. And I also want to talk about, you know, some fun stuff, too, which we'll have. Some, and I, I did a deep dive into your uh, into your tweets. I have a couple questions about mm. your tweets. I want to, some ex- mm. explanations on some things. But, uh, yeah. But so, okay, I said it at the top. But how long have you been playing DFS? You basically – you were at the start. You were there when FanDuel had their own chat, which was completely wild. <laughs> uh, 2010, 2011, 2009. Well, what was the year when uh, you started playing DFS? So I guess I'd have to go back to 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 ask when was when did FanDuel first come into existence? Is is the first like I got to be able to measure things by other events that happened. So I'd have to figure out when did FanDuel first come into existence because. I was doing DFS as it was back then about a year and a half, two years maybe before FanDuel even came around. It was a site called Snapdraft, which I stumbled upon while doing season-long research. So it was it was a couple years before FanDuel even first came out. So whatever that day is, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been well over a decade for sure, though. I did a quick Google search here. Uh, FanDuel apparently got its start at, 2009, at the 2009 South by Southwest Interactive Festival. Uh, so you're talking maybe 2007, 2008, as far as this site, I'm not aware of what you're talking about. That, but, uh, that sounds about right because my first child had just been born. He was 2006. So uh, about a year after that, probably, uh, you know, I, I love season long stuff. I used to love season long. I mean, I was, I was one of those guys just, this was no DFS back then. So you didn't know that existed. And I would just do as many leagues as I could, like, like Brit Divine type best ball <laughs> league, but they weren't best ball back then. Like I would just pile in everything I could. What sports and, uh, or all the sports? I would I would try to do all the sports, but really there wasn't much of a demand back then for a lot of baseball and, and definitely not basketball season long stuff. So I, I was stuck with a lot of football, which I love. But but then I'm doing my research one day and I come across one of those ads for this site called Snap Draft, and uh, 
bam, I went to it and man, just immediately fell in love with the concept and, and never looked back. And then, yeah, so I, I, a couple years later, uh, a guy emails me, a guy that I know from the snap draft stuff. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm, there's a new site out there that's opening up. It's called FanDuel. If you want to get on here and play, you know, I was a referral for him. I had no idea what any of this meant at the time. Uh, he was he was roping in. Yeah, but he was like, if you get on there and play for, you know, X amount of dollars, I'll kick you back to a certain point, you know, because I'm making money on this too. And I was like, all right, I mean, why not? Well, I'll give it a shot. And like those FanDuel days, there was literally like probably 10 or 15 of us steadily playing. And that was about it. Like, it's amazing to see where it is now. But I remember what it was at the beginning. It was like 10 of us doing battling it out every night in basketball so what were the prize pools oh that's another that's another funny one but uh back then there was head-to-head stuff was the big thing three mans five mans even even 20 mans were a stretch back then (laughs) there were no gpps there were no uh you know thousand person player pools or anything like that that didn't happen for probably another year and i forget the name of the site that that's all they did was this new concept of guaranteed prize pool. And I remember I heard was it from Joust, a, maybe? No, not no. even close. No, it was a site that just it, it went belly up a good year, two years after that. But that was their whole focus. And uh it was a weird concept at the time because we had never seen it, but it made sense. And so that's where that, that started. And then all of a sudden FanDuel picked up on that after after they started run ran that for a, a one football season. FanDuel picked up on that and ran with that idea, and then the, the whole industry has never been the same since. But, yeah, mm-hmm. back in the early days, it's mainly just head-to-heads, man. You talk about the 15 regulars back in the day. Wasn't Beer one of those regulars? Wasn't he one of the 15? Or no. no? Not at that point. I did not did not know who Beer Maker was. There was – boy, I could remember a guy in basketball. His name was UCLA, and that was that – was <laughs> Would you chat with everybody in the chat? Sure, you had to chat. Was that was the that was one of the fun parts about it, man? And it was just sitting in there every night, chatting with people. But yeah, there was a few guys who were just uh, just regulars, and we just played every night against each other, and it was it was pretty interesting. The chat eventually went away, but like people had way too much fun. There's a lot of a lot of nonsense, as you can imagine, with with chat. There's some good and some bad, and you know, there's always the trolls that would just type in like Chipper Dong, and then just like. Oh, Chipper Homer. Then, of course, he didn't Homer. And then we just flip out and turn on this guy. And I guess they got some enjoyment out of that. <laughs> just some people just want to watch the world burn, I suppose. But uh, were you a troll in the chat or you were just like a, you know, just a no. decent, you know, just... <laughs> No, I don't need to troll people. I don't I don't need to troll anybody on that level. That's just goofy. Oh, home run for this guy. When he really <laughs> was. That's just that's just bad karma, man. You fell for it before, though. You definitely fell oh, for it. Oh, sure. You fell for it. Sure. You really get excited for a second, and, and then you look and you realize, oh, you got a guy, man. You don't want to, you know, you, you know, the world is filled, believe it or not. I don't care what other people believe. I believe it. That's all that counts, is what's in your own head. But I believe there is karma out there. And so you don't want to put off the bad karma because it will come back to you. So uh, you control people on a certain level, but. You want to keep your karma in the right direction. You know that's a good segue. I want to I want to talk about that in a second. Let's just let's just table that just for a second. But I'm curious, what were you doing? What were you doing at the time when you discovered uh, this site from like 2008, 2009 or so? Were you doing it at like a nine to five? Were you working? Were you in college? What were you up to? 
Yeah. So I've, I've told, I've told this story, these stories before, but it's been a while. So we can go, we can go and relive it, man. It's the glory days, a little nostalgia, but at that time, 2007, eight, nine, I was, uh, I was in a restaurant. So I, uh, in like 2000, they opened up a restaurant near my house and, uh, I, you know, I, I found, I saw them hiring and they were, they were building the restaurant. And I was like, I want to get on, I want to get in on this. So, uh, you know, I went and I, I applied for a job. I made the job. And this was like 2000, maybe 2001 or 2002, but. Are you front of house or back of house? Back of the house. But I had, I didn't have that much experience at the time. I just wanted to get in on something because I didn't like where I was going in my life anyway. I just, I didn't like it. I was, I was doing some construction and I don't know, man, I was, I was, drinking a lot not 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 alcoholic but going out and partying a lot and you're I'm like still, Ben Affleck and good old good old hunting I was still like I was <laughs> still like uh I was in my 20s but totally not reined in by any maturity at all I was just doing whatever so I wanted to get some kind of something going on there so I applied they put me as a cook I was pretty good at it anyway eventually ultimately I worked my way up all the way to a manager position but and and then at a certain point there found the DFS thing. So uh but now all of a sudden I went from that job. That job I think I last I think I was there for like seven, eight years, right? I, I did the whole seven year ceremony thing at one point where they gave me a nice watch and everything. Like you've been here so long, so good, good for That's you. That's a thing. Yeah, it was well it was at the time. So but I mean I had a I did I've done pretty well at any job I've I've gone to. I've, I'm I'm able to adapt. So I was I was pretty good. Started off as a pizza cook, ended up as was about to be a manager before I went out and put in my two weeks. I was a back of the house manager, which was a whole different story. But uh, so saw the manager position, nice money, but man, I saw how they worked. You know, I saw that they uh, were there in that restaurant 50, 55 hours a week, and I was like, I don't like being here that that often, and how can I do it even that many more hours? And I just, I, if I've always said this from the very beginning, if you, if you're not happy with what, the, with your job in life, you're just not going to have a happy life. It's just not enough to live for the weekend. Okay. I'm off, man. Now I get the weekend. And then, and then it's Sunday all of a sudden you're regretting going back to work on Monday. You can't regret going to work. It'll make for a miserable life. So you got to find something you're good at. So it was just time to go to get out of that. Cause I wasn't happy. So here comes this DFS thing. I've been in it for a couple years now and pretty good at it. Not a lot of big prize pools out there, but what is happening is I'm doing really well and I'm making money at it. Not a ton of money, but I'm making some money. I'm making enough money just doing this stuff that I realize there's some value here in now I got a second child. Now there's some value in let's get out of here. Let's stay at home be a stay-at-home dad. I save a lot of money uh, if I'm watching the kids. Not, forget about the intrinsic value of actually raising your own kids. You know, just the, the monetary value, staying at home, being the guy who watches your kids. And in the meantime, I've got a plan developed where I'm going to go back to school while I do all this. Online classes, the few in-person classes in the evening time I can get, whatever I can do, I'm going to go back to school and figure this out. Cause I'm living at a, I'm living in a place and I'm only like five minutes away from a college, like right down the street, I can drive to it. So it's the perfect plan. And 
ultimately that's what I did, man. I just, I said, you know what? I don't want this job anymore. This manager gig that's coming. I want to be happy. So I stayed at home with my kids. I went to school as as often as I could. And I ended up fulfilling that obligation down the road. But yeah, that's, that was the plan. I put a plan in motion and executed it, man. I, I felt pretty good about that. It's awesome. Like part of your story is part of my story as well, too, because uh, what I was doing before I went full DFS is I was also working in restaurants and I was teaching. I was doing both, uh, just kind of grinding, just kind of figuring things out. And it's funny you mentioned, uh, interesting you mentioned the whole thing about being ma- you know, managers. And one of my thoughts I was at and like, they work so hard. They work so long, the hours, and it's grueling. And uh, they seem to be thankless for sure. And it, it reminded me of that movie, uh, Waiting. You ever see Waiting before with Justin Long and Ryan Reynolds? I'm yeah. Sure you've seen, it's like a, a, boot, a bootleg Bennigan's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just sort of, I got flashbacks to that too. Like how he didn't want to be a manager because yeah. Uh, you, you never see an old manager, by the way, They're, they get out as fast as possible because yeah. that job just sort of beats you up for sure. But I like to get a plan chopper uh, you had a plan and it. It sounds like it makes a, a good bit of sense. Just curious today. Um, are you with the kids? Have you been a teacher in the last, in the last month or so last two months? Have you learned some algebra? Ah, man. Yes, I've been a teacher. I've had, uh, I've had, uh, you know, uh, this thing's throwing everybody for a loop, but that's the biggest thing is if you have kids and they're at home and now you've got to figure out a curriculum for them. It's been a big, it's been a big deal, a big process, man. And if you didn't respect teachers before, you definitely respect them now, but I get up every day and, uh, I make a, you know, I make a, a plan for them. This is what, you know, you guys need to do. I get up on, especially on Mondays and here's our plan for the week. Here's uh rewards. If you can meet, if you can meet these goals, here's some rewards for you at the end of the week. And, but yeah, I got a big, I got, that's, that's my number one priority right now is getting them through these, this last month or so of what would have been school and, and making sure that they, they're prepared for next year because a lot of these, you know, you just can't go and take six months off of school and not keep up with it and progress and expect to, uh, yeah you know, be there when you, when you go back. So I'm trying to get them prepared. How have you kept them occupied for all this time? They're, they've been home, I'm sure a good bit. Uh, are you showing them some of your favorite movies as a child? Do they you just give them the, you know, uh, the, the YouTube or something like that, or uh, I don't know, some sort of video console, the iPad, what are they up to these days? Oh man. They're at the age now where they're, they're all about their own electronics. So two boys are upstairs and, they can occupy themselves pretty easily. They each have an Xbox in their room. My my one my younger boy just got an Xbox for his birthday last week. So they've each got one now. So that occupies them in their downtime. My daughter has an iPad. She's plays this roadblocks. I don't even know what that is, but she plays this game all day long, every day in her free time. So they're to the point where they can occupy themselves when they're not asked to do schoolwork or housework or anything. So I don't have any problems with that. Animal crossing is not a thing. I hear that's a big thing with the kids these days. Is that, that hasn't hit the chop house just yet? I think that's like a thing of the past for them. And that's, I think that was a thing a while back, but now it's new stuff. All right. Fair enough. I guess uh, I got, I got to get my update, uh, I suppose. And have you sat them down? I feel like one of the cooler things to have, I, I don't know many kids, but I think one of the cooler things about having kids is probably showing them things that you liked as a child or, you know, first catch is probably awesome, cool like, as well. But, uh, you know, who did I see? I, Dan Strafford the other day was tweeting out how he said he was showing his kids Back to the Future. Like, that's got to be fun. Like, one of the movies you loved as a child and show your kid, is that is that something that you enjoy? I feel like that would be uh, one of the no. perks. No? 
the, the movie a lot of a lot of the movies from back then do not hold up today very well that's the problem yeah. with it and then you get to looking at it again and you realize wow this is just not very good like this was great back then 20 years ago this is not so good right now and it ruined it ruins it ruins your own howard the duck sucked man who knew oh man <laughs> like i can't i can't even imagine i can't even tell you how many times back in the day we sat there and watched Top Gun. Like Top Gun was so cool back <laughs> back in the day. The old bar scene where they're seeing like everything's so good. Then you and then you watch it and it doesn't hold up. Oh man, you're like, dang, why how did that guy go from sweating in volleyball and just go straight to <laughs> Kelly McGillis's house and act like nothing and with a leather jacket on in the heat? Like it just doesn't make any sense. So that's a little bit some of the movies don't hold up, but no, I back try to the future get, holds I, up. No? I try to I try to get them to watch some of the stuff. I try to get them to watch some of the older movies if if that's what if it's on and I come across it. But they have no interest in that. It's just they don't have any interest in that stuff, Dean. Yeah. So what are we looking at? 2010, 2011. What, what did you say? Like I'm going to go full throttle DFS. Is that like when you basically made the decision that like you said I'm going to stay home. I'm going to make money playing daily fantasy. Uh, of course, the, you know the pools weren't out there as much, but you're making enough money to get by. And uh, obviously you're having a much better time and you uh, enjoy working at home. Don't necessarily put pants on. I don't know. I, I assume you did. <laughs> Maybe shorts. Well, no one walking around naked with kids in the house. Maybe. But, well, there's other options. But, yeah. I mean, I was just doing that. That was just a plan, right? And that was uh... – Maybe this will work. Maybe th- maybe this will help me have a better life down the road to get to get some sort of a degree and to and to do something else. And little did I know, at a certain point, you know, uh, our I don't know wh- when it happened that it was like, I, and I, I mean, we went to the uh, first Roto Grinders party that one year, and that was the first week in the NFL season that year, and. That, that was the biggest prize pools they had back then. And we're talking about 10K to first place and stuff like that. So by today's comparisons, nothing. But back then, that's huge. Like, can you believe DraftKings is doing 10K to first place in week one? And if this is unbelievable. Well, yeah, went to the party that weekend, got home on Monday, Monday afternoon, Monday night football played out, woke up the next day. And era, I mean, I've, I've won the 10K. I've won, I've won oh. a lot of money that week. I've, I've won a lot of money at the Roto Grinders party. And all the, and it was it was a good weekend and I was like okay this is nice, and then I don't know how many a year year and a half two years maybe after that I was still in school still grinding through that stuff I remember this specifically we had a spring break was coming up in school and so spring break happened over spring break I went to the uh, FanDuel basketball championships out in Vegas that was during spring break that year. Went out there and I won the 50K first place prize. All right, that was probably a game changer. That's where yeah. you looked at it and said, all right, there's big money out there. I, I can win. I'm winning right now. I don't see it. How many people are in this contest? And is this something you had to queue into, I assume? Yes, yes. You, you qualified into that one. And, uh, man, that, that, that was the very first basketball championship at a light event. And it was there was 14 of us there. So it was a uh, it was it was a lot more interesting than I think today, where you go out there and there's 200 guys there, and yeah. it's, just, it's not really like this personal feel to it anymore. Back then, boy, everybody on the FanDuel staff, DraftKings, they knew your name, you know, they treated you like a VIP. It was interesting stuff back then. So it was 14 of us, 
Uh, well, I could tell some stories, man. New York, there's a guy called New York Knicks fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he got hammered about halfway through that competition. They had to carry him back to him. But it was a good time. And yeah, that was a, that that's was still good. happening these days, by the way. You were at the recent Roto Runners party. Well, yeah, you're true that. And then, uh, <laughs> don't want to name names, but, but it, it was, but that was when, when I got back from that trip, I was like, all right, 50K, that's now we're getting into some money that this, this makes things interesting. So, the school, I, I kept it up, but I slowed down a lot on the school and I focused a lot more on DFS when the big money came in. So eventually I would finish the school, but it took a lot longer than what I thought because there was a lot more focus going on DFS, which I, I didn't foresee that happening like that. What were you going to school for? New media communication. At first I was like, you know what, let's do something with computers. Let's get into uh, some, uh, you know, computer, some computer classes, programming. And I got in there for about a semester and a half and I looked at what they wanted me to do with the math and I'm sitting in there and one of the math classes is like, I forget which one it was. What's Nate, what's the tough math class people always make fun of, Dean? I forget. I don't know. Trig, algebra? Uh... No, not algebra. It was past algebra, past trig. It was one of them. And I'm sitting in there and like, I'm just like not grasping this stuff, man. And I'm looking at, and then I go and I look at the list. Not only do I got to do this, I got to do this a second time, this times two, plus these other math courses, plus, and I'm just looking going, this might not be for me. So let's <laughs> switch it up. Let's get into new media communications. This is more along my line anyway. This is what I'm doing now. This is this is probably the future for me. So that's what I got it. So I ended up going new media communications. But you mentioned you were at the Rotor Riders party a few years back. And so how did you get involved in that? How, how were you invited to that? Or were you, rotating, were you, were you working at Rotor Riders at the time? Because I know you've been around at RG for basically as long as me or probably probably even longer than I have. So how, did they contact you? Did somebody say, uh, hey, this uh, head chopper guy keeps winning contests. Let's just, you know, send out a flyer and see if he wants to do content for us. Or did you meet somebody at a final? How did you, be, how did you get roped in here at RG? Oh, man. Do you remember? Yeah, I kind of do remember. Like it was in one of the early chats, man. Maybe it was like the FanDuel chat or something. I remember seeing a link to Roto Grinders, not knowing what it was or what it was about or anything. Brand new concepts. Click the link, and I saw what I saw what they had up on the site, and I was like, "All right, this this is the future right here. This is badass." And so uh, I was looking at the site, thought it was very cool, and somehow. Uh, just, I guess, by coincidence, Cam was in the chat one day and he started talking to me and, you know, we hit it off. And next thing you know, within months, I'm working on the site, you know, doing things. So I was in there pretty early on on, on Roto Grinders when they weren't very, they, they were pretty darn young when I, when I got in there. So it's been a, it's been a long ride with, with RG. Are you the longest employed like uh, RG guy that's that's known outside of the uh, the owners? Obviously, I'm trying to think who else would have been around at that time. Yeah, I don't. I think so, man. I, I mean, Noto was Noto before or after? Noto you? came. Noto had to come after me. Yeah, Noto beer. Those guys. I think they were a little bit after. Like I've been out at first. It was kind of off and on for me, like some things, and then then take some time off and yeah, let's focus on DFS instead of RG, and then. It was on, on again, off again, but yeah, I, I've been there since it was a little fledgling little company back in the day. So you, you won 10K, you won 50K, and then, you, you know, all of a sudden now you get to stay at home. And I, I'm assuming the, the wife is on board. She was fully supportive of this. 
You know, this would have never worked in the first place if if we would have butted heads on this or she wouldn't have been happy with it. She's always been happy with whatever I wanted to do. I, she's always trusted me to make good decisions. Like I don't I'm, I'm pretty, pretty uh, reasonable about that stuff. I'm not just doing frivolous garbage, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but she, so she's always trusted me and she's always been on board with me being happy about doing whatever I wanted to do whatever I did in life. So it would have never worked if she wasn't on board with it a hundred percent. She always was. So, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's never been an issue. That's awesome. Let's, uh, let's jump ahead because you mentioned karma earlier and uh, let's talk about, let's talk about your worst bad B and then I guess your best victory of all time. And I suppose you can apply the karma theory that as well. And this, uh, you were, I guess it's weird to say you lost a million, but I believe you know better than me. I'm sure. Was it Justin Thomas? who, uh, golf, you were basically well-positioned. Uh, I think you all had to do was like put the, you know, put the ball in the hole and you were, you were good to go. And that was like the last shot and he was going to win the tournament or come second in the tournament, whatever it was. You tell me you fill in the gaps there, but it was, it was Dustin Johnson. Ah, okay. There you go. Dustin Johnson. There you go. I got my names, uh, mixed up there, but, uh, talk about that. And I, I just remember, again, I'm not a golf guy, but I remember you had a sweat going on and I was, I turned it on because I was rooting for you and it just was a, a disaster because I think you three putt on the green which is, you know, doesn't happen very often. And I guess you fell from winning a million to maybe a hundred thousand or so, which is probably a weird feeling because that's still really good. I don't know why I'm telling the story. You tell a story. Tell, tell us how, how it went down. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, first of all, yeah. So when he missed, he, he misses the putt there on the last hole and the last shot of the entire tournament, it comes down to him. He's got one shot left. If he makes it, I win a million. If he misses it, I win a hundred K. He misses it. Oh, okay. So I lose all that, that 900 K goes down. It goes down to 900 K. That's fine. But like, I'm sure it would upset some people, but it didn't, it didn't hurt me that bad because going, just knowing everything that went into it, like, so I'm, I'm there before the tournament even starts on like Tuesday or Wednesday. And I've got my little 10 teams, 20 teams, whatever it is. And I'm ready to go with it. It's a million, it's a millionaire maker. That's fine. Dan Bach is like, get in for 50, man, do 50 teams. You do 50, I'll do 50. And, and we'll, and we'll, and if we win, we'll share some prizes or something like that. So I was like, damn, man, I really don't want to like, I, I I'm pretty good about not spending my money on stupid tournaments like really bad tournaments, bad. Like I, I, eventually I learned my lesson on qualifiers and like the money, the money part of it, how they were just, you know, money pits, man, at a certain point eventually. So I'm pretty good about my bankroll management. Didn't want to do it, but he's like, he talked me into a do 50. So that's the first thing. Like I probably don't even have that team that weekend if Dan Bach doesn't talk me into doing 50. So I'm already feeling like that. that's there's a lot of reasons why I'm not sad about not winning that tournament. But uh, so I, I put in the 50 and got to, you know, not even looking. I don't even look at stuff on Thursday. That's crazy. Friday, <laughs> it's all right. Saturday, I'm sitting there and I'm starting to get like uh, some messages from some of the guys and, oh, you're you're in first place on Saturday. You know, you think of that you got a million and like, okay, but there's still such a long, a long ways here. Like I don't even, I'm not even worried about it right now, but it made for a fun Sunday at least. So Sunday rolls around. It's actually Father's Day on Sunday. Uh, we go to the movies. Uh, my, my wife takes me to the movies. So like. What'd you see? You remember? 
Oh man, I want to say that that was a uh, man. What's the what was that television show on HBO that? Gosh, man, Vince, the movie star. Oh, Entourage movie. Yes, it's oh, all the was already movie. ruined. <laughs> yes, we saw the Entourage movie. I, I believe it was Entourage that way. I don't remember if it was Entourage or. Yeah, I have to Google it. It was either I derailed Entourage, you. I apologize. Keep it was going. Entourage or Magic Mike. One of those. One of those movies <laughs> I saw on Father's Day of the U.S. Open that year. It was Entourage or Magic Mike. Anyway, Magic Mike sequel or the original? It was Magic a great Mike. movie, Dean. It was a great movie. So we saw that. Kind of basically just vaguely checking the scores in the in the theater. A little bit. Yeah, okay, I'm holding. We get home. It's this this tournament's way out there in like Seattle that year. So it didn't end till like nine o'clock at night my time anyway. So I had plenty of time to get home and and watch the end of it. And you know, there was plenty of times down the stretch there. I thought, oh man, I'm done now. I'm done. You know, this uh this I forget his name, uh shanks it into shanks it out of bounds. I'm done. This is like this is the end of the tournament anyway. So there's a lot of opportunities for me to lose there. Somehow these guys picked it up, did well, came down the stretch, and one putt decided a million or a hundred k. Dustin Johnson, very makeable putt. He was actually had a, he had two two opportunities, pretty decent range. Missed the first one, but the key to the first one just get close enough so that the second one is a gimme. Yeah. Well, it felt like he was pretty darn close there on that second one, and he still totally shanked. I don't know, but anyway, so I was. Uh, I wasn't necessarily disappointed at first. You kind of learned to roll with the punches there in DFS because things just happen. So, and then all the stuff that went into it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you think back on it for a couple years after that, every once in a while you think about it, you think, damn, if he would have made that, <laughs> you know, I, I could have this house paid off already, you know, and, you know, and when you make a mortgage payment, you think every once in a while you think, damn, this would be paid off. I wouldn't be sending this interest to the mortgage company right now, wasting my money like that. If he would have just made every once in a while, you think like that, but then you realize everything happens for a reason. And there's a, you just can't take anything and at face value like that because life is filled with these winding, winding roads. And there's so many splits coming off of these roads and one decision one day, three years earlier, could lead you to another path, you know, three years down the road and something like that. And that's what ended up happening. You know, if, if I win that millionaire that day with Dustin Johnson, who's to say I ever win that million with the NFL this past year. And, and if I don't win that, do I donk off that million after the Dustin Johnson? Maybe I go crazy and I splurge and I I do a bunch of buy-ins and I end up losing it anyway, as opposed to being a much more mature DFS player several years down the road and you win a million and now you can really put it to use in your life. So, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, man. I truly believe that. It's an interesting perspective because I remember distinctly when this happened to you and I say happened to you, like when you, and people were like, Oh, I feel bad. Like, sorry, chop, sorry, chop, sorry, chop. And you were like the greatest, I hit the word losers, not the right word. Like it, it was like it's almost true. like people felt bad for you. Uh, I think we saw like, I think Manny, like Manny Laura also like instead of winning a million, like won a hundred thousand dollars because something goofy happened in the last minute. And, you were totally gracious about it. And you had this amazing attitude. And I was like, and it didn't seem like a public thing. I talked to you about it privately, maybe for a show or something like that. And I was like, wow, what a great attitude. And again, you won hundred thousand dollars. It can only feel so bad for you, but uh, you speaking of karma and things like that. And that kind of leads into the hell, you know, what about the, uh, when it actually works out in your favor? Uh, talk about when you banked to a milli and it was this last year or the year before, uh, what was the FanDuel weekly millionaire contest for football? 
I believe it was either last year or the year prior, but uh, you know better than me. Uh, talk about that experience and how, um, I guess, when you knew you were alive. And it's interesting, and I'm curious this, this as well, too. I'm asking you a lot of questions here. Um, do you sweat games? Because you were talking about how people were telling you on Saturday where you're at in golf and you weren't really – you're just listening to your Matthew McConaughey talking about how he sees a lot of lawbreakers. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, uh, let me see. That one was – do I sweat games? I love I love having the lineup lock on NFL and sitting down on my couch and watching the red zone. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's sweating it, but I love that environment. I love that that atmosphere. But I'm not – I don't really sweat the games too much. I'm not – I'm definitely not looking at lineups or currently winning or anything like that. I don't believe in any of that till we get down to the very end. And so uh, I'm not sweating it from that perspective. But the NFL is the one sport where I'll sit down when the lineup's lock and I'll just – engage that tv man for like seven straight hours sure basketball is a little bit and eh. i'll check some of my players because if you have dead spots in basketball you're pretty much done i'll make sure my guys are doing well but not sweating currently winning numbers or anything like that baseball even less for me and then the other sports definitely not but uh so i don't really sweat it from that perspective and i don't you know, besmirch be anybody who does, man. Good for them. If, they, if that's what you want to do, that's you spend your money, you do it. But I don't I don't like to do that because too many things happen in the yeah. you know, over the time. So that particular, that was week one of last year. That was this past year, the, the Lamar Jackson MVP season. It was week one. And I had Lamar Jackson on that lineup. Uh, that day, you know, made my lineups. Felt pretty good. You know, I love, I love week one and week two sometimes in, mainly week one in NFL these days, because that's where there's for a guy like me, that's where the biggest edge is. And uh, we'll talk about that later, but there's a lot of edge for a guy like me that's dried up. Like I'm not a, you know, there's stat guys out there, just strictly numbers and they're great at it. And that's, and when you start to get plenty of sample size on a sport, these guys are going to dominate, you know, the, the Drew Dinkmeyers and Osimos, these guys are numbers driven and, and you give them enough data and they're, and they're going to out crunch you here a lot, man. You know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to beat your numbers in the long run, but you get a, like a week one of the NFL when kind of there's no numbers to be had and you're just taking guesses. That's when a guy like me, that's when I've had my most success in recent years. So feel good about it. Feel good about my lineups. I start watching and I'm getting some touchdowns on this team, feeling pretty good about it. Start to watch it, look at it a little closer. I'm looking at the lineup going, okay, so far no dead spots. Maybe maybe this guy's a dead spot, but I could still win some good money even if he's dead. And then all of a sudden that guy, get like Le'Veon Bell all of a sudden gets a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Oh, well, he's not a dead spot anymore. And then I look again and I'm like, well, how did Mark Andrews score a touchdown? That's like a 40-point game in the fourth quarter. And I look, oh, yeah, well, he got a cheap touchdown. Now it's starting to like, oh, man. Now, this is coming together here. This is a really good Lamar Jackson crushing it. Dalvin Cook, he crushed it already. That second touchdown was a bonus touchdown for him. You know, Le'Veon's got it now. My defense scored a touchdown. My, uh, you know, my receivers are doing well. Tight end's doing well. So I got one guy going into the afternoon. I've, I've talked about this before. I made a switch on that one. I was leading going into the afternoon. I had one guy left. I wanted to get a chalky wide receiver in there, so I switched off of a switched off of Galladay into Godwin, who was very much chalk that weekend, just to try to fight some guys off. And you know, 
Of course, it all it, even even though you have a great team and everything's good, no dead spots, lots of high upside. You you still got to sweat it out, man. And sure enough, you know it came down to the end of those games, and any number of things could have happened, and I would have finished in second or third. But it was just the day that none of those things did happen. You know, I didn't have the blown the blown putt from two feet, so it actually played out. And the game a game went to, the last game of the day went to overtime. Like if that game does anything else in overtime, if that, if I mean, if they do anything in overtime in that game, I'm pretty much done. I'm not going to win that, but they didn't do it. You know, they didn't, they didn't come through in overtime. So I held on. It was, it was my time to hold on. So that was it. I walked away with it. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned general rule. If you're uh we'll give a little bit of DFS advice, I suppose, since it came up organically, but if you're ahead and you're trying to like, you know, get people from not taking you, you need the people behind you to take the scenic route and you went, you pivoted to a chalky player. If you're behind, you would pivot to the, you know, kind of the curveball players. That's sort of the thought process there. Uh, and you also mentioned week one. Um, yeah. It's groupthink is at an all time high in the NFL week one. And it's, we're staring at like salaries and we're staring at matchups and we're all staring at the same data for like three or four weeks. Uh, so if you're somebody that likes variants and want to embrace variants, Week one in the NFL is the most opportune time. I suppose that's what you're referencing there. Absolutely. It's, it's been like that for uh, several years now where week one is uh, is a good time to take advantage because once people start to get, you know, this data, man, you know, uh, now we see that this, this guy's getting 12 targets a game through these first three weeks. Well, he's not under the radar anymore, but you could have got him under the radar in week one. There's just a lot of scenarios like that. So, uh, I, I do like we ones for that for that particular purpose. There but, was uh, this sort of urban legend. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize, but uh, there was sort of this urban legend, or you, you kind of started it, and you have this way about you, like people don't know if you're joking or not joking. It's a great <laughs> if you're just being charming or sarcastic. But supposedly, you didn't tell your wife, you didn't tell your you, no, nobody knew you won a million dollars, or that was something you kind of threw out there uh, in the ether. I don't know if that was true or not true, or. And uh, if you told her, when did you tell her? Did she find out on Facebook somehow or somebody through RG or somebody through DFS told her indirectly? How did she find out or did you tell her right away and you're just kind of like screwing with us the whole time? No, I definitely didn't tell her right away. You know, people need – they can be told on my time. You know, <laughs> this is my stuff. I, I'll tell you when I'm ready to tell you. I'll tell you when I'm, I think the time is right. So I'm not going to go out and – you know, shoot champagne and, and do all that. And the, and the scores aren't even, it's not, the money's not even in my account yet. You know, you just never know. What if there's a stat correction and I go off and I do all that. And then all of a sudden it breaks her heart <laughs> again. Like, cause the Dustin Johnson thing was, that was funny. I was, yeah. She oh, was, was she, in, was she partaking in that? Was she playing? She was, in, she was in the kitchen doing uh, whatever. She had no idea what was happening during Dustin Johnson's thing. And all of a sudden he, you know, he misses it. And I know that, dang, that just cost me 900 K. So I then I kind of rewind it on the DVR, and I'm like, "Hey, sweetie, come here, check this out." And, <laughs> You're and then I got it paused. I got it paused, and I tell her, "If he makes this putt, we're about to win a million bucks." And then I played it. <laughs> I played it, and he shanked it, and she just she was she couldn't believe it, and she's like, "No, you're lying." And she eventually found out. No, I was I was that was real. But uh, on this one, like I won, I wanted to make sure I had all. All my T's crossed, my I's dotted. I wanted the money in my account. I wanted to make sure everything was kosher, and and then I would tell them so. But it almost uh, like I couldn't even that night. I couldn't stop. Uh, I couldn't stop the social media 
storm from hitting her, man. So she found out like on Facebook already. Uh, she, and then she got mad at me. She's like, is there something you want to tell me? <laughs> I, I'm start, <laughs> I'm getting that evil stuff. Like, don't you want to tell me something? And I'm like, oh, God, she knows. So I had to let her in. Yes. You know, yes. I, uh, I want some money today. Yes. I want a lot of money. Sure. Yeah. Let me get everything sorted out. And so then uh, yeah, I had to let her know then, but I was like, let's not tell anybody else right now. Let's just get everything under control before we start bragging to people and all that. So, uh, you know, it's hard to keep anything a secret these days, man, with, with the old Facebooks and all, and all the other, the Twitters and stuff. It's tough. The colliding of the worlds, man. It's, it's tough, man. So eventually like before I could even, uh, tell, uh, before I could personally tell my parents or my in-laws, they had found out on social media. So it's rough, man. Rough life, man. So uh, you don't seem like the kind of guy that would have like a frivolous purse. Uh, You know, you you seem like you said, very even keel, very, you're you're talking about, you know, paying off the house, which is nothing sexy about that, but it makes a ton of sense. Is there something you can point to where this was a frivolous purchase you made to celebrate or like, what you just went to the red box or something. What, what, What was your, what was your big, uh, is there something you can point to and say, yeah, I bought this as a celebration? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I haven't bought anything for myself as a celebration. The, 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 one, the one thing I, I, I mean, I got a new vacuum. That's, well, that's exciting. I mean, I, the <laughs> biggest Hoover, thing, like a name the, brand, the biggest thing I, I think it is a Hoover, <laughs> but, uh, the biggest thing I did was uh, I wanted to pay off my wife's car. She, she has a really nice car that she uses for work she has to have a nice uh, image there so uh she's got a nice car i paid it off and so she wouldn't have to do that anymore yeah i mean <laughs> but no <laughs> i listen dean before this all happened okay can i tell you my here here's here, i'm not a car guy and i'm not, I'm not a, either i'm not a oh look at me i'm a badass guy you know that's not me man same i, I don't i don't need a bunch of uh, material stuff so when i was in high school my senior year, my mom wanted to get her a new car, so she gave me her old, older truck. Okay, fine. I took that older truck. I used that for like seven or eight years. And then uh, they had like a eight-year-old Ford Explorer, and my truck was on the, on you know, about to kick the bucket. So, well, you want this Ford Explorer? Okay, I'll take it. I don't care. You know, it's an older model. I don't care about any of that. So I took that. And then the next thing I knew, uh, my sister was wanting, was going to get rid of her older Mustang. Not a nice one, not a fancy one. She, I took that. Like, I've never had a real – I've always had these hand-me-down cars from my parents or, or my sister. But I never – and it wasn't because I couldn't afford it or I couldn't go – I just didn't care about you didn't, it. You didn't prioritize it. Yeah, I didn't – I don't care about that. And so for the last several years, I've had my, my mom's old 2003 – uh Impala, Chevy Impala, 2003. Like that's what I'm still driving today, Dina. I've got wow. I've got the million in the bank, but I don't care about that stuff. So uh, I'm still got the old Impala and don't have any plans right now of when my kids get old enough to drive, I'll get them I'll get them something nicer. But I don't have any. So I wanted to pay off her stuff, but no, none of the other stuff matters. There's no been been no big frivolous purchases because I I don't know. I've got I already had enough to have a good life. I don't need to spend it on weird stuff. I want to make sure that at some point my wife and I can retire and have some, a nice time. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting up there, Dean. I'm getting to the point where I've got to be thinking about the future. The road ahead of me, Dean, 
is shorter than the road when I look back. You're on the back bed. Yeah. So, so like I, I think about those things. I get real nostalgic every once in a while. I want to make sure that we can have a a good time when the kids leave eventually and go off and do their, have their own life. So uh, no, I haven't spent it on anything weird. Do the kids know? How do they find I'm assuming they found that at some point as far as you winning a million dollars and what was their reaction? Well, that's where the social media comes in. They were, they were at my in-laws and they're searching around the YouTube one yeah. day and, and <laughs> then all, of sudden, video. all of a sudden a video comes up with me, me on it and it talks about how I won a million dollars week one in the NFL. And that's the, awesome. in, the in-laws found out for the first time. The kids found out. Uh, listen, my kids don't need to know anything about money. As my money, you know, they don't because there are <laughs> kids are already more or less entitled and spoiled these days anyway. You don't need a kid thinking – their parents are rich and they can do whatever they want anyway. And they certainly don't need to think they're going to get money when you kick the bucket. You know, they don't need to be thinking like that. They need to you live watch life. that line that, that doesn't, that doesn't end well. Yes. They, they need to be living their own life, doing their own thing and fighting for everything you got. That's what makes life good. That's what makes it worth living, not sitting around waiting and entitled for this big payday when somebody kicks the bucket. That's terrible. So they don't need to know all that. And, and they're not, you know, yeah, yeah, you don't want them telling their friends, and then tell their their friends telling their parents. It'd be a whole, I can't, it'd be a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so you don't like to splurge, obviously, as far as spending too much money. But like, look, Amazon Prime, HBO Go, Hulu, Showtime, Stars on Demand, Netflix. Are you still putting pants on and going to the red box because it's a buck? Come on, chopper. Treat yourself. Well, I don't because of the coronavirus. I've stopped. <laughs> That's what changed your way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yeah, before then, sure, why not, man? I don't, I don't, I don't see the need to spend five ninety nine on a movie when it's a dollar twenty nine, thirty <laughs> seconds away down the street. Come on now. So, can I say this? Um, it's you mentioned the virus, and I was I thought about you because before I ever met you, somebody told me I can't remember who told me, but they said, "Have you met Chopper yet?" I'm like, "No, I haven't met Chopper yet." He's like, "He's like just a heads up." Maybe don't shake his hand. I'm like, what? Oh. Like, why? I'm like, why shouldn't I shake his hand? Like, he's kind of like got a. Like, I don't know if they use germaphobe or the hypo. I can't remember the, the term they used. And like, when I met you, I totally forgot this. And then I remember shaking your hand. I shook your hand. I was, I was just coming out of the bathroom. My hands were freshly washed and they're still wet. And, and I realized, like, I shook your hand and I'm like, oh no, I just did the one thing I wasn't supposed to do. And I was surprised you shook my hand. And, and I had to like say, well, just so you know, I'm washed. I just washed them. They're clean. It was a whole thing. So uh, I don't know. Sorry if that made me <laughs> that was awkward. I retroactively apologize. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've, I've been on the whole uh, germaphobe thing for a while now. So I was ahead of my time there. You and Hallie Mandel, man, you guys are all over this. Correct. So I assume like, you know, much like everybody's dealing with it, but like, I guess it's got you, uh, you know, it's throwing you off probably more than most, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, we, we're definitely – home we stay at home most of the time i, I do go out and get the groceries from uh, the uh, curbside uh uh let me see there's there's things my wife more or less works from home but sometimes she has that you know they make her go out and do some certain things so she has to go out every once in a while but uh yeah i don't uh we're homebound man and it's fine we're, we're good with it and just i know that more than likely if I if I were to get something, I'm pretty healthy, so probably wouldn't affect and, and it won't affect the kids and probably not my wife. But but then you can't see your parents, man, because you got to be responsible. If you think you may, you know you're out there interacting with people, then then I can't see my parents or, or my in laws or anything. So you know, it's best to just kind of chill and lay low if you want to 
you want to see see the other people that you that you care about because that risk people you don't want to put them more at risk by you going out and doing things yeah i mean if nothing else you'd feel a ton of guilt uh i did want to ask you about this chopper um you're notorious for uh every single night tell me if this is true do we still have our second supper or second dinner, which is a bowl of cereal? Is that still a thing in the chop household? Almost every night at 9 p.m. Central time, that <laughs> clock strikes nine. I'm, I'm, I'm up. I got it's, it's cereal o'clock. My <laughs> wife knows I get up, I go cereal time. She goes, Oh, it's nine already. I go, yep. It's, it's ready. It's cereal time. So almost every night there, there's a few exceptions on the weekends when, when we splurge and have a little dessert, and something so I don't need the bowl of cereal, but otherwise it's my habit, man. She's a I, she's a nutritionist, correct? Does she approve of this? Yeah. This, yeah, yeah she, she said it's okay. fine. She said it's fine. You know, it's it's <laughs> nothing wrong with it. It's I don't go to bed right away anyway. I, I stay up pretty late anyhow. I stay up pretty late and get up pretty early. I don't sleep a whole lot anyway. So uh it's it's a few hours before I even go to bed anyway. So I, I'm fine. What's in the rotation? Give me, give me power rank. Give me like your top three, top four cereals. Oh, what, what do man, we really have? This is literally, this is like trying to tell me, ask me Jordan or LeBron or, you know, like <laughs> we can't compare these things. There's no, I can't go one or two right now. If I go in there, you'll see some, uh, some shredded wheat, some frosted shredded wheat. I All like right. those. I don't know why I, I just like them. Some people don't, but we got some puffs in there. Some, uh, some honey smacks. I mean, Frosted flakes are always good. And uh, right now, I went Golden Grams on the last purchase. Yeah. Sometimes the Golden Grams is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Sometimes it's something else. But I wanted, hadn't had Golden Grams in a while, so I went Golden Grams last time. But I like it all, man. If it's if it's a little bit sugary, I like it. I was hoping Honey Bunches of Oats is sneaky good. Like the, they have the almonds. For me, that's more breakfast cereal. Yeah, but that's not my 9 o'clock rotation. But I don't mind that at all. But it's more breakfast time. Oh, is there also a bowl of cereal in the morning too? Like you kind of top it off. It's like- usually not, but sometimes when I'm when I'm in a rush and don't have the breakfast stuff ready, I'll throw my bowl of cereal out there, and that's when I'll reach for that's when I'll reach for the uh, a cereal like a cereal like honey bunches of oats and or or a uh, shredded wheat or something like that. I did a preparing for this interview chopper. I must, I'm not just going in cold. I did a deep dive as far as your Twitters, uh, some tweets out there. And I want to get this story out of you. You said, uh, I want to explain the tweet. Uh, This is your tweet. April fool's jokes are lame and stupid until you completely blindside the kids with a masterpiece. So what'd you do? What'd you pull off in the chop household? All right. That was this past year. And yes, I don't let April fool's jokes are pretty damn lame. (laughs) <laughs> except for when there's like a, a pandemic and they're at home, you know, uh, homebound doing school from home. They they're playing games most of the day, got a few assignments to do. It's early in the process. So we hadn't had a real regimen for them yet. <clears throat> and they're just chilling. This is like the fifth week of spring break for them. And this is going to be like an extended summer for them. And they're all happy about it. And then when you go in there, and you make up a fake email address with the principal's name on it from the school and this and the superintendent from the school district. And you get all this information and then you type out a fake email and you send it to your wife who's in on the joke, by the way. Yeah. So you've got all the credentials going here saying that we're we fought through it and we're going to get back to school in one week. And I want you and you guys are all going to wear masks at school and we're going to have <laughs> we're going to have like four kids to a classroom and. 
you're going to be isolated from your friends and all, like all this, this great information in the thing on email. And it's, and then you look at the name and I've got the school logo on there and I've got the, I've got the, the proper names on there and everything just, everything's just spot on, man. And it just, and you just get them and they're almost crying. Oh, you get them and they're almost crying. And, it, and then you dropped the bomb that it was an April fool's. It was, it was, that was delightful right there. They're not excited to go back to school, I guess. Oh man. They thought they had like a six month uh, summer break here. And, I, and then, then all of a sudden they thought they were going to have to go back in a week. And that was just beautiful, beautiful work, man. <laughs> uh, so quick hitters for you, Chop, before you let, uh, before uh, we let you go here. Uh, do you have a favorite movie? Oh, gosh, Dean. I mean, like, me you, you can give me one of the top five you, or top can't ten. You, you know? you, it, actually, if you, if you went to my Twitter, yeah, uh, I used to keep track of the movies that when they come on, that I uh, – I, will watch if I stumble upon them on TV. Yeah. I just, I can't not watch them. I don't, I don't know why. So I'll pull up a few for you here. Let me oh, see wait, I, I went to your Twitter and I found this really weird. I don't know if you, you didn't like anything. Did you just discover the like button on Twitter? Because there's a gap. No, I don't like, I hate liking things. You man. never hit the, I don't. It's, I, sometimes hit the like I, button on Twitter. Like as I went on, I do it out of, uh, you know, just, you know, and courtesy to people, but then I'll yeah. go back, I'll go back later and I'll, and I'll unlike it just to not clutter up my, my page, but I don't, I don't like liking things. Is that like what's going that. on? You go back and erase yeah, your likes? I don't, want, I don't know why. So here's some movies where Dean, if they go, if they go, if I'm, if I'm watching TV and these movies are on, mm-hmm. I'll just watch it because these are just good movies. I can't pigeonhole myself into one or two, but. Sicario, if that one's on, I gotta watch Sicario, man. And the first one, that's just phenomenal. Shawshank Redemption, obviously. Yeah. Hustle and Flow. Oh, Dean, I can always Hustle and Flow is awesome. That's I a can, great movie. I can always watch Apocalypto. I don't know why it's got subtitles and everything, but I can always watch Apocalypto. It's just great. The Fast and the Furious, I love it. Just love the Fast and the well, which, Furious. I mean, is that all of them? That that's the Fast and the the Fast and the Furious. Number one, I guess. That's the Fast and the Furious. Like <laughs> no, number two is called Fast and Furious. Like number five is Furious Five. Like they're I think all it's, fa- different- I'm, I'm, it's Fast Five. Not to correct you, but yes, I think fast, it's Fast Five. Yes. So like the Fast and the Furious is is the very first one. But too the- fast, too furious. Isn't that one of them too? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but the Fast and the Furious, the very first one. That that's a good one. No Country for Old Men. I'll always watch one that is like. I don't, man. I've seen this one a thousand times, but 300, 300 and Gladiator. I love those. I love those movies. So, yeah, these types of movies. Here's one, Dean, uh, that may be a shocker for you. A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. Anytime oh. that son of a bitch is on, I watch A Knight's really? Tale. Really? A Knight's Tale? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I always stop it on that channel when I see it, and my wife always goes, oh, Knight's Tale is on again, because that's just what I, I like. It. It's a good, it's really good one. Got a good soundtrack. Too. You mentioned No Country. Are you okay with the ending? The ending's kind of, some people... Liked it. Some people didn't like it. It's kind of sort of open-ended. You're okay with it? Oh, no, that was a good ending. That's fine. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now that's good. That's good cinema right there. Some of these movies movies that try to give you these artsy endings and lame stories and they get uh, nominated for these awards and all this other crap. Well, no country was nominated, I believe. I know, but and that's cinema right there. That's good stuff. Is some of his other stuff. That's yeah. funny. Saying something is good cinema is kind of snooty. That's kind of highfalutin. Just so, like I know you try, you like to play the everyman role. That's mm-hmm. kind of a, a snooty thing to say. Say good cinema. That's good, Dean. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the pictures. 
<laughs> what an old timey thing to say. And you, you did not. You besmirched Parasite. You didn't oh, like Parasite. It was fair. It was not. Oh. It did not drop me off the the edge of my seat like I was led to believe. It was fair. Oh. It was fair. Uh, we got a favorite TV show. Man, of all time, again, it, it's, it down. Like, it, 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 it's it, it, tough, but I think I think that when I watched it, you know, at the time, and and know what we know about TV now, obviously things are different. But I think the best one I watched in real time, or 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 later on binged it was that was Lost. I was I was into Lost big time. Uh, obviously, Breaking Bad, great. Shock, the wire, great. the wire, good, all that. But Lost to me was the first one where I was like. This is incredible. And I later on, I could only imagine what it would have been like had they had the rights to do this on like a Netflix or an HBO where you could just let everything go, you know, instead of having to be confined to ABC and commercials and all this other stuff. But that's neither here nor there. That was just that was some compelling television right there. There was a couple like the first couple of seasons were phenomenal. Like there's like they're almost like mini movies. Some of those episodes are so incredible. And it's it's worth it's leave it for another day as far as discussing the last season or like the finale and all that. But yeah, the first couple seasons of Lost just incredible. And it's interesting you mentioned this. I'm curious to your thought because like Netflix and Amazon Prime and things like that, where here's ten episodes, enjoy, and it's a different viewing experience as opposed to when you're watching Lost like in real time. You would watch an episode and for six days you would like talk to your friends and say, well, what do you think the smoke monster is? What's up with that? And you'd have this conversation. It's a completely different viewing experience. You know what I'm saying? As far as like you sort of like watch Ozark in a day and a half and you have these questions, but they only last for a minute because now you're on to the next episode. Do you prefer a certain way? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yes. Uh, just knowing what I know now, I, I like the binge. I like to binge it, but I like I like the binge factor because I very rarely binge a show from beginning to end in a couple of days. Done it before. But I don't I don't necessarily like to do it. I like to at least at least it gives me the opportunity to go at my own pace. If I want to do one or two a week or one a night or whatever. I like the option to binge as opposed to uh, having to wait for it in real time. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't want to keep it too long, but I, I do want to ask you about, uh, you know, speaking of your kids and your wife are talking about. I, I think a really cool thing you do, I believe it's a for Christmas, I want to say. Uh, with the cookies you have this cookie contest every single year and you always seem to lose but i've seen the pictures before and gotta say chop i'm impressed with your baking skills and your creativity this is this is where my old my old kitchen experience comes in i'm not i'm pretty handy in the kitchen now man don't get me wrong dean is that rigged are you is this rigged for you to lose every single year no well first of all she's a she's not just a dietitian. She's one of the diet. She's a dietitian who goes out and does uh, demonstrations on food preparation. She's a, an extremely good cook, mm-hmm. specifically a really good baker. Like she can make, uh, she's just great. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't show you the picture from the other day. She made my, my son, his favorite candy is Reese's pieces. So for his birthday last week, she made a Reese's pieces cake. Oh man. It's just unbelievable. So she's got, she's got the edge right there. All right. So, I'm behind the A ball already in that competition, but no, it's not rigged. It's it's just it's a tough deal. I won one year, but she's won every other year. So, <laughs> you know, it is last last year, Dean. Have you ever seen a sporting event where you think you've watched it for like a quarter and a half or two quarters, and you think this thing's over with? This is over <laughs> with, man. You know, this, this, and then all of a sudden there's a dramatic comeback, and at the end you're looking like, how did that happen? That was the competition this past year. 
I won the first scorecard. I only need to win one more scorecard to take two out of three, which is the winner. I won the first scorecard pretty easily. The next one comes up in the first category I dominate. And I'm looking like, this is it. It's over. I win this thing. I'm going to win this year. And then she just swept the board, the rest of the categories. And then the next card, she swept the board. And I was looking like, stunned. Like, how did I, how did I lose this this year? And I did, though. So that was You're a like the one. Golden State Warriors, man. You, you blew a 3-1 lead. Uh, oh, man. I guess. I guess. Yeah. But uh, that was – that was uh that was something. This past year was competitive, but it's not rigged. I just and I and I got any other competition, I probably win. Any any other competitor I'm going against, and I've got a real good shot at winning. But she's just she's got my number, man. Do you have a random celebrity interaction? <laughs> no, I don't think so. You've uh, never randomly met a celebrity, or even just just something completely inane. It's just never happened. No, you never met Matthew McConaughey. Uh, you're not well. No, definitely not anybody on that level. I don't. Uh, Texas guy. The only thing I've ever I can even think of is one time in Galveston, walking down the seawall. Yeah, walking down the seawall. We look across the street, and my friend goes, "That's Hakeem Olajuwon." And I'm like, (laughs) "No, it ain't." So we doubled back. I looked, and yeah, it was Hakeem in his. Yeah, he was walking down the seawall, and sure enough, it was one of those times where it made sense because the Rockets were in town doing training camp in Galveston, which is what they used to do back then. So nobody mistakes Akeem. You either know it's Akeem Olajuwon, you don't know it's Akeem Olajuwon. He's a pretty like, well. Huge. It was across the. It was across. Yeah. He's walking down the seawall, and then there's lanes of traffic, and then we're on that other side. So there's a little bit of a distance there. You can't see the height from a distance. So I didn't see how tall he was until we went back, and I and I looked real close, and I'm like, yeah, that's Akeem. But no, I don't. I don't think I've ever come across like any. Uh, so unless unless you unless you uh, think Chris Randone from The Bachelor is uh, you met him in person? He's a celebrity, and then, no, not in you, person. You you interact him in the Corona Poker Room. I, yes, I can, can you give us room. anything? Give us a nugget on the Corona Poker. I believe you're in charge. Of the correct me if I'm wrong. Are you in charge of the, the, the Twitter account for that? So I feel like you are. Maybe you're not. I don't know. I've got access to it, but DraftSheet also has access to it. So <laughs> yeah, you don't know who's who's doing what, and I'd, I'd prefer to keep it a little bit anonymous there. Okay. There's some weird things going on. And I don't want to get I don't want to get pinned into what he's doing, but uh, yeah. The Corona Poker, it's been something, man. I'll tell you what, it's been it's been an adventure. It's going to be something that uh, I've actually, believe it or not, I've learned something from this oh. whole thing with the Corona Poker. I've learned some uh, things that I think when when the world resumes and sports resumes, I'm going to have a uh, a better grasp on some things. And it's I think yeah, I can't wait to drop some nuggets here when we come back. Is that, all, like a, is that a tease? Thing. You're going to give us anything else in that, or no, just want to give I'm us your just, Twitter account? I, I found some things that I found some uh, some things that I can do within Discord that I never knew were possible. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun stuff. I have some ideas where that's going, but we'll probably leave it just there. How, well, let's let's get one sports take before we let you go, Chopper. And I, I guess we can. I mean, if you want to go off the board, feel free. But uh, you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, CD Lamb, are we sold? Yes. For sure. I thought he was the best wide receiver in the draft before he got drafted by the Cowboys. I thought he was the best. I just flat out think he's a stud, and then he falls to the Cowboys. It's a little bit of gluttony. It's not going to be great for fantasy purposes this year because now we're going to have three guys you're going to have to watch out for, and you don't even know when the game's going to come and when they want to run the ball all day long. So there's going to be a lot of stuff. They're going to be a nightmare for fantasy, but as far as the offense – 
boy, he's going to be so good lined up in that slot position, man. He, he was, he's the best wide receiver in the draft. It's just – it's going to be a, a ridiculous amount of weapons. So were they targeting him or it's just like it was like this is just – they didn't think he was going to be there and it's too good to pass up, essentially. Is that what happened? I think he was probably their number one and he just – he was there and I don't think they expect him to be. Yeah. But I watch a lot of college football and I've watched him for two years at Oklahoma – and uh, he was every bit as good, I thought, as Hollywood Brown the year Hollywood left, you know, before he left when Hollywood Brown was the number one guy. I thought CD was just as good uh, as Hollywood Brown. And then he got his chance to shine the next year without Hollywood Brown. And I thought he was the best in the nation, man. He he improved. He improved his game and was incredible run after the catch. And I expect him to be really good this year. All right, Chop. I kept you long enough. I kept the listeners long enough. I've kept Devin producing long enough. Thank you for producing, Devin. But Chop, uh, feel free to let the people know where they can find you uh, on the interwebs. Uh, let your family know. Let your in-laws know. Let your neighbors know. <laughs> I wish that. I wish nobody knew. I wish nobody. I wish nobody knew except for the good DFS guys, DFS fans. That's all, man. That's that's what I created it for. And now, every, now I gotta worry about things I tweet and say because I know. <laughs> People in my family are following me, and it's some things aren't appropriate. But uh, yeah, Head Chopper at, at Twitter is Head Chopper at Head Chopper Man. Uh, yeah, if you're not following me, get in there. We'll get through this non-sports time, and then uh, when it comes back, it'll make us uh, enjoy it even more and, f- and feel for it even more. So I, I can't wait to get back. Uh, Chop, I very much appreciate you uh, setting the bar. You're setting the bar. You're, you're my litmus test, and uh, the bar is high. As far as I can tell, like, you're a fabulous first guest. I much appreciate it. Thanks for sharing your stories. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon enough. But, uh, yeah, stay safe. Everybody else stay safe. Devin, thank you for producing. Everybody, thank you for listening here. This was the Morning Grind. I'm Rotor Grinders. We're out of here. Holler.